fuck down. Everyone chill out. We're here. We're doing it. The boys are back. We're here. It's another episode of Loud About Nothing. Okay? It's me. It's your boy. That straight thotty boo body, bro. The fucking hottest dude doing podcasts right now. The Total Smoke Show. Sebastian Canelli coming at you. All right. Everyone calm the fuck. Everyone chill the fuck out. Okay? Everyone relax. Please. Please. He's here every fucking week. He's literally the cutest fucking dude I know. The dude's got a straight body, bro. Okay? The dude, he making the clips. Okay? Give it up for Robbie. Robbie, boy, say what's up. What's up, Sebastian? That's beautiful. Robbie's in the Poconos. He's got a new setup going on. He's looking good. He's got his New Jersey Sayerville t-shirt on. Robbie, we got fucking fire today. Fire. We have straight up heat. Okay? This guy, this guy taught your boy how to do comedy this is anything i do right you have him to thank anything i do wrong you have staten island to thank okay let's just be honest about that one okay this dude is an og performer at ucb he's an actor you've seen him in a ton of shit he's got his own podcast i will write your book give it up for that fucking straight up smoke show that hot boy will Hines. hey what's going on oh my god i already feel so uncomfortable Oh, Will, come on. <laughs> just so much energy. You're so happy. Just, I don't, my gosh, I'm, I'm impressed. Hello, by the way. Hello, Will. Will, of course I'm happy. You know how, yeah. well, how often I want to talk to you? I, I think about you a lot too, actually. Isn't I, that weird? Yes, it is weird. It is what, weird. What do you think about? I like this. Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> I love the podcast. Will is thinking about me. What do you think about, Will? As you just do an improv and just funny stuff, just that you're funny. See? I think about UCB New York a lot because that was like where I was born, basically, and just like where I sort of came from. And I, you know, and I'm sad about how it ended yeah, and uh, or is currently whatever it is, hibernating or maybe gone forever, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so when I think about I'm like, ah, who, who was still there that I know and I like? And I think about you. Oh, well, do you know I'm on your team that you were I on? did. I did know that. Yeah. Of course I know that. I, <laughs> I kept track of who's on the stepfathers, my improv team. Yeah. I can't believe it. You know, you guys were my favorites, and I fucking weaseled my way on that shit, bro. I can't believe that we were your favorites, though, because I you're a death by Ruru boy. But I guess there was no death by Ruru anymore, so you can't pick them for your favorites. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I guess I will. I do have the death by Ruru kind of energy. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. I'm pretty – I'm a little wild. I, I would say I am a, a, a wilder choice for the stepfathers. Good one, though. A good one. I was really pleased to hear it. Oh, that makes I wish we got to do more shows together. I know I, there was a I, I taught a workshop right before. So I used to live in New York. I live in L.A. Right before I moved to L.A., I taught a couple of workshops on my own, basically just to cover moving costs. OK. And one of them was called uh, something about like something about game of the scene. But I ended up I didn't really have a good plan for it. And I don't think the workshop went well. But one <laughs> highlight was you took it. Uh huh. And you and I did a scene together, like as an example. I was like, okay, I'm going to demonstrate what I'm looking for in this scene. Okay. I don't even remember what it was, something undemonstrable or unteachable, just like good heightening or something kind of too vague, right? Sure. But I was like, all right, Sebastian, you do this with me. And it was like such a fun scene. It was like something in an antique shop. And you were like a customer and I was running it or something. And I made a surprise move where I, out of nowhere, threatened your character to throw you out of the shop. 
my God. And I grabbed you by your invisible coat lapels. Oh. And this was a, a, a big turn. Uh-huh. And you pretended to be lifted up in the air by me. You like mimed like standing up on your coat, which I wasn't doing. So then I was like, what is he doing? I was like, oh, he's pretending like I'm. So then I kept raising you up and then I threw you across the imaginary room. And we got into like kind of a temporary improv fist fight. Oh. And it was uh, really fun. I remember this now. And you know how much that meant to me? I was a little boy. You were a little tiny boy. You were just a babe. You were like four years old. I was so tiny and you were being abusive to a little child. Yes, I totally <laughs> abused your character. But I it was a friend of mine in that class and I was like, how'd that workshop go? She's like, I don't know. It kind of felt all over the place. That scene with you and Sebastian was great though. Nice. I love so this. I think it Look. kind of saved the workshop for people. At least we entertained them for a couple minutes. Oh, my God. You know what's funny about us? We couldn't be more different as people. We could not be more different. We are the <laughs> polar opposite in every way, energy-wise. It's not every way because we're both into improv, but like our, like the personas that we put forward are our opposite. Yes, 100%. Uh, You're you the big, I- loud Staten Island guy, and I'm like mm-hmm. the smarty-pants repressed professor. But why did you like me? I'll tell you this. Uh, you were the first teacher at UCB that liked me. I almost Is that was- right? Yes, nobody like everyone hated me. Everyone I'm so surprised bo- to hear that. You I was were also, so funny. Dude, uh, well, I was 21, smoking yes. weed, smoking a ton of weed, doing drugs. You a definitely while. looked like a cartoon character. I mean, you looked like, <laughs> a, you know, a badly conceived Scooby-Doo extra sort of walking around the halls of UCD. Of course, I did not. <laughs> you looked contrived. I did not fit in. I did not fit no, in to the scenario. In. Not and at all. You looked and you looked forced. It was like, dude, dial it back. What, what are you trying to do here? It's but not, it was just you being you. It's not, isn't that scary? Do you know how yeah. hard it is to go to sleep? Me being me, bro. <laughs> it everyone must be else, tough. Everyone else that gets to go home and I'm stuck with me lying in bed trying to fucking calm down. Yeah, you're trying to pick how much weed should I smoke tomorrow? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> how am I going to announce my presence when I walk into every room and just steal focus immediately? <laughs> I do. I, do. I, I don't have think a, you do that. I, you I you got were great that. at improv. You were great at improv. I, I had you in 401. I remember that class very well. Yes. And so bef- so if I'm being honest, like I felt like I felt like an outsider there. Nobody okay. liked me. Everyone was trying to tone me down. Okay. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was like, "Calm down, Sebastian. This is too yeah. much. You're too much yeah. as a human being, which feels really bad when you're just yes. being yourself." Right. Uh, that is improv notes get to be too personal sometimes. And you were the first person to be like, "I love this. More of this." Really? Oh gosh, that makes me. Thank God. Sometimes I, I have former students say, "Well, you really put me in my head. You made me feel like shit, or whatever." Uh, so it's nice to hear when I was encouraging. Yeah. You were so nice to me. And you, so, so there used to be this thing like sketch, uh, the classes they would have. Um, sketch 301. Yeah, Sketch 301, if you know. Uh, they would have like, they, it would be a writing class and then they would ask actors to uh, act in their sketches. Right. And you recommended me for that. That's right, yeah. And that was like the first No-brainer. Thing, the first thing at UCB that I was like, maybe I should stick around here. Oh, wow, thank God. That's to my credit then, if I encourage Sebastian Canelli to stick around. Everything is to your credit, Will, and you had no fucking idea. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and you couldn't be more different. And I tried to take teachers that were, would maybe be like me, but it's funny how teachers that are different than you like push. You I think that be- makes sense. I'm I am harder on people that are like me because you're hard on yourself, right? Yes. You, you develop some kind of artistic skill and you push yourself. I, I think teachers note the hardest, whatever bad habit they had. 
Mm-hmm. So if there was somebody who was like not being emotive, that's, you know, that's a problem that I have or not being like uh, energetic or trying to be too smart or controlling, I'd come down hard on that. Cause like I had to come down on hard on that in myself. Yeah. I do the but same if, thing. If there's somebody like you, who was a bit more of a loose cannon, who was kind of had a persona built into all their characters, but they seem kind of free flowing and sort of bold, I, I'd welcome it because that, that was what I was always trying to encourage in myself. So it, that does make sense in a way. Yeah, I always teach people, I'm like, okay, let's focus up a little bit more. Let's, <laughs> let's like make, make an I statement. Maybe we, we react to the unusual thing rather than say your own funny thing, you know? I do a lot of like uh, uh, teaching like critical notes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, I contradict myself. Do as I say, not as I do. A hundred percent. I tell everyone that like, I'm like, never watch my comedy. I go, I'm bad. I'm aggressively bad at improv. I no, just, you're not. No, you're not. That's not no, true. That's not true. No, don't you dare, Robbie. You don't know. Robbie was my student. The cat's out the bag. We never said it on the fucking what's, pod. What, what's, what's Robbie like as, a, as an improviser? Robbie, what do you like as an improviser? What's your deal? Let's get into it. Let's just alienate every every podcast I do. We lose the audience. They're gone. That's okay. Ga- no. Gabrus comes on. You have a huge hit. You talk about weed and fun shit. Uh-huh. Will Heist comes on. We'll be talking no, about. We want to talk about improv. Best second beats. Yeah, Maybe. I love this. We Push gotta feed away. the. You gotta Everybody. feed the nerds, bro. You gotta feed the nerds. You know. Let's do it. Let's get it. Who's? Let's get into. Let's talk about Curtis Rutherford's uh, <laughs> improv beat by beat podcast. <laughs> Let's get into Sean Distance pattern game thoughts. Let's go yes. deep. Let's, let's, let's get, let's get out I of have, this. I have the documents, bro. And please, I've gotten a lot of fucking coaching gigs out of that improv beat by beat. <laughs> so, uh, Curtis, I, liked your, I liked your quotes on that. I remember you? being impressed. I remember being like, wow, Sebastian really intellectualizes this stuff maybe more than I realized. Which yeah, I you that, definitely do. Sebastian. That's the secret, Will. I try, nobody listen. Everyone at home, shut the fuck. Don't fucking listen. That's a secret. Well, I pretend that I'm dumber than I am. So then people are surprised yeah. when I say something smart. Well, it's like Finelli. When Don Finelli first showed up, he looked like the biggest meathead ever from New Jersey. But then he's like an engineer. He's like this yeah. incredibly and not not just smart. He's incredibly cerebral. Like he's super analytical in his approach, actually. Yeah, he's not a- very instinctual. I don't think. No, so he, he can be. But I don't I don't think that's his natural approach. I think I'll t- I'll speak about Robbie for a second. Ready, Robbie? What I like about Robbie as an improviser is he's he's gut. He's he's got a lot of guts, right? Okay. So bravery, goes- bravery or instinct? Instinct. Okay. Instinct, bravery, fair to moderate. We'll <laughs> <laughs> I always have to moderate. Fair to moderate. I would always go, Robbie, if you're going to do the move, fucking do it, bro. Come on, hit it, you know? Okay, okay. But he's got good instinct. He's got good instinct. He just has okay. to double down on shit, right? And I think that it's hard. Also, what I liked about Robbie, there is, I will say this, bias and improv, right? Uh-huh. What you like comedy-wise. Because he spoke, yeah. he's from New Jersey, spoke a lot of shit that I like. And I okay. go, I like this kid. Probably because he's speaking a lot of stuff that I yeah. uh, agree with and recognize with. Yeah, I, so, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So the best part about Robbie was that he's kind of from a world I am. <laughs> <laughs> he's from a similar background. No, Robbie does a good. Robbie also, I could feel like he wanted to like get better, and he would do a good job listening and building off what the other person said. Oh, yeah. Someone who's really into it, like has passion for it. That that goes a long way. Yeah, I have your book. So, this is the first time that I'm talking to somebody that I've also read a book that they wrote. <laughs> did you, how much of it did you read? Did you make it all the way through, uh, or what, what? Probably halfway? not. To be completely honest, more than <laughs> yeah, halfway. Yeah. A lot of more than well, halfway. More than halfway is good. More than halfway is good. I appreciate that. I probably no. just was like. Not I, I, I bought a lot. Of, I wrote. I wrote. I wrote. 
I've written three improv books. Really, really, I've written two. And, um, and so I read a lot of improv books when I was writing mine and they're hard to read. You know, even if you're really into it, even if they're really good, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of, they kind of get boring. So it's hard to finish an improv book. I never read a single page of the UCB manual. If that, well, I you tried took the to classes, read it. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that is yeah, super yeah. redundant. But I liked, um, I did like your book. Okay. I appreciate that. I feel like that. there was things about, like you applied it into like life, I feel like. And it no, like you. I could like move things into my real life and be like, oh, this isn't, yeah. if nothing comes of this, I made my life better. And I think your book helped <laughs> me see that. Well, I did not read your book, but of course, I, let's that's be, totally let's, fine. Let's be fair. I rarely hit Seymour on like a Facebook post to read the whole fucking post. Okay. Sure. So let's just be yeah. let's, It's the reading. That's the problem. It's not. That, yeah. It's an improv book. I, I take no insult at all uh, for not reading my book or reading anything. That's Robbie. You see, you seem emotionally open. Robbie, is that true? You seem pretty. You seem like you're nicely present. Would you say that describes you? Yeah, to some extent. Seem like you are. He's good for for who he should be, you know. He's good for uh, an <laughs> Italian boy from New Jersey. He's emotionally open for for his like stereotype type of Italian boy from New Jersey. Right, you don't seem like a tough guy who's trying to win the situation in a good. No, way. no, no, no. That's tough because people get into situation. comedy, uh, and they try to win and dominate every situation. I'm like, get to stand up, bro. You're yeah. not going to do well in improv because you're trying to win too much. You can do that in stand up. You don't have to, but that can work in stand up, I think. Not that I'm I, an expert. I always in say improv, you gotta you can't you can't be trying to win if you're doing improv. That ain't gonna work. There's a quote I always say from you, Will. It's we shouldn't be fighting to win. We should be fighting to lose because the loser is the funny one in the scene. Right. Oh, that's, I'm going to use that again. That sounds good. Yeah, I fucking say it all the time. I don't even know if you said it, but I fucking credit you. I agree with it. So I hope I said it. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you definitely did say it. Yeah. I, think, I remember I remember seeing you did in the 401 class I taught you and that was funny. You want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Well, that's an amazing scene, memory. <laughs> Will's I got do, a good memory. I have a good memory for, I mean, it is somewhat inconsistent. There, there are sometimes things that I won't remember that I should, but I think more than a lot of improv teachers, I can remember a lot of classes I taught and stuff that people did, especially if I liked it. And I remember seeing Sebastian, the 401 class also, you were at a stacked 401 class Fun. that I taught with you. Brendan Mulligan was in that class. And he was Martha on Lloyd Hearn. Nights. Martha was already on Lloyd night. Yeah. Martha. Uh, Martha was. Hearn was in the class. It was, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? There's a guy's name. Latino Jose. Fuck. I'm, um, is- Oh, I should know, but I, I don't even, uh, I you remember who I'm up. talking about. Yes. Yes. I do know who you're talking it was about. Really funny. He yes. and Martha did a scene where Martha was like a guy and he was a girl and he, and she was, she as the guy was trying to finger him the whole scene. <laughs> and it was like, just moving in, like, Putting putting her arm around him and like just trying to be real sleazy and the object work was so funny of her just like <laughs> pouring drinks and trying to like sidle up to him. Yeah. I just remember it was it was and his like reactions. I it was hilarious because he had big reactions. It might have been Ramsey. His name might have been that might have that might be right. He just had he was just a good actor. Yeah. So but fuck that. Fuck them. OK, well, yeah. get to my seat. What I remember was we were doing Harold's. Your first beat was a musician. And I think the game was roughly a guy who claimed to have written the song beforehand, but had not written the song. And so he was making it up about the stuff that was just all around him, right? A, a bad game for an improv scene. 
Um, not not great, but it not could work. great, not great because we're inherently making it up in the moment. Yeah, so yeah, the so game... your, your game is that you are improvising, but yes, it was still all right. We had a who, what, where, and it was uh-huh. you were a rock musician, and I, I forget who was playing the engineer, but um, you were you were you were doing a funny rock and roll character who had all this bravado and was like, I got it, I got it, bro, I got it, I got the song, and so maybe the first beat was you worried about it. And then the second beat we're in the studio and it's come time to do the song. And so the game has been laid out. We know that you haven't written the song and it's going to be like shitty, but the part that really made me laugh was when you, you put on your like improv guitar, stepped up to the mic and started singing in a full British accent for like, and you were not British, but you were like, I got it. Listen to me. Like a huge, big choice. The energy that you sang made me laugh, but also the decision to be British out of nowhere. <laughs> Not to be British, but just that this dude who's sounds like he's from Staten Island because you were just talking as yourself uh-huh. would sing in this big British accent. I exploded with laughter. Then the whole scene became about how you were American when you talked, but British when you sang. <laughs> we abandoned the initial game completely. That's good sometimes. <laughs> but it, kind of, it was super fun. Oh. And uh, and I could have watched you just coming up with songs in that British voice for hours. I was just, I roared with laughter. Hey, also, do, I remember another scene from this class. Want me to tell this you this? This is awesome. This yeah. one I bet you'll remember. <laughs> oh, it's the, I know, go ahead. I know what scene you got. You know what this about. is, right? Yeah, the yeah, Raised yeah, by yeah, Wolves. Yeah, Raised scene, by right? Wolves. <laughs> yes. But you this, wrote it in your blog. Yes, I did, because I cried laughing. I like had tears on my face. It was so funny. But but I, I don't know if I can come up with the specifics. It was something like it was one of those like abstract group games mm-hmm. where people start and they're just doing like a noise and a gesture. So they're going like uh, or something like that. And they're not they're avoiding labeling like what's happening. And at first that's kind of fun, but then it gets old. Yes. And they're they're kind of refusing to say maybe this is like the second group game in a Herald, because that's very commonly the one where people have they're out of ideas. Yeah, hundred percent. And we just and start I, making noises. <laughs> and I think there was something earlier in the show about being raised by weird animals or something. Uh-huh. And so you were going to walk on. And to me, it was clear that you were going to label them as being raised by something. Yeah. Cause that was a callback or whatever. But what made me laugh was you looked at me for permission <laughs> to walk in. Like you looked at me from the back line. Like, is this okay? Cause they were kind of all being peas in a pod. You were going to break the pattern and like speak. Uh-huh. But you kind of looked at me like, should I go on? And I like waved you on. I was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like they're, they're kind of, they need to label it. They're avoiding it. Like it's yes. bad that they're, it's bad that they're all just copying each other. It's time to say something. So you, you mimed opening a door and said, boy, you were kidding when you said you were raised by wolves. <laughs> It was like that wording is like, what do you mean? You were, you were, you just walked in the room. So it's weird that you're acting like you're answering somebody's dialogue. What? You weren't kidding when you said you were raised by wolves. Like I did, like we had this whole long conversation. I was raised by wolves. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. It was so silly. I mean, I, I remember just like heaving, like with laughter, like it was, I even knew the move before you did it, but the way you did it was so unnecessarily silly and crazy. I don't know. I loved it. That, that whole class was great. I remember that was a really strong group from what I remember. 
I have I had bad improv etiquette. Like I would look at the teacher. <laughs> I would I do that when I was on Harold Night. Well, this is bad. If I got a big laugh, I would sometimes turn around and wink at my teammate. <laughs> if they were talking about someone in the scene on the back line on stage, I would lean over. I go, I'm Marissa. And I would never enter the scene. I would just let it be known to someone next to me that they're talking about me. That's pretty fun. I don't know. I think that's a good time. I, th- I, think, I think that that's good. There's something to be said about having fun. Yeah. Joy is contagious. Like it, uh, you know, some people do things in improv out of fear or you do them out of joy. The same move. And if you're doing it out of fear, it's bad. And if you're doing it out of joy, it's good. You have joy. For a serious man, you have a lot I of joy. I think so, too. I think I get, I'll have a lot of playfulness when I do improv. Or I, 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 think, I worked into it, at least. I don't think people realize that about you. And I say our joy comes from different places. Mine comes from being excited to, for mm-hmm. me, the person to pretend. For you, I think you have so many passions and so many like, in, like yeah, like have, intellectual joy. Like I yes. to, to talk about something or whatever. I do really like that. I like that stuff. When you bring up a detail, your eyes light up. When you can start <laughs> talking about like a specific that yeah. you know only f- four people might get. Yeah, but the joy. I do makes love it. Everyone enjoy it. Yeah, I, go ahead. I think you're right. Like if it's coming from a place of happiness. It sort of makes it work, kind, you know, kind of in a, in a way, in a way, no matter what it is. Like a, a thing that might be a bad habit in another context, mm-hmm. if it's being done out of happiness, that could be good. Yeah. Did I? There's no reason I would have told you that we've had like five conversations in our whole life together. This is like the sixth time we've spoken. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you this, Will. One time we did meet backstage, and it was an awkward convo. Oh no. It was just nothing. We just didn't know how to talk to each other. Oh yeah. But that's that's also me. I I, I like your you know high what? high status. I'm like I was high I, status. You were a piece of shit. Like it was yeah. probably awkward for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> you were obviously needy and clamoring for validation, and I was withholding and reserved. Yeah, I can see where that would be awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were. It was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it was a problem. Um, I am. Um, it's funny because I was there for so long, but. I was I started at ECB in 99, right? And I moved away from New York at the beginning of 2014. That's like, you know, 15 oh, years wow. or whatever in a place. I went through huge personal changes like during that time. Like and in, and in particular Sebastian during the time that you sort of Do you remember when that 401 class would have been? Would um, that have been 2012 or 2011? 2012 around then. Yeah. Okay, so 2012 was like I got sober in 2012. Like I was drinking too much. And then in September, I was like, fuck it. I'm quitting drinking. And it was like hard. It was like a big deal. I was a yeah. mess okay. in like my, not to like get overly serious about it, whatever. But like, just to say like, I would be teaching a 401 class and in my head in like turmoil over like my personal life. Oh, right. Wow. Teaching the class would be like a relief. I'd be like, oh, thank God. I'll come in here and just do my improv thing. But part of like getting sober for me was kind of like getting out of, getting over myself, uh-huh. like trying to let go of UCB status. Like I didn't realize like how dependent I had become on like being a big man at this fake world of UCB. Like it snuck up on me. Of course. I had become totally dependent on it uh-huh. just on being the big man. So there were a lot of times when I would kind of big dog people with my stupid UCB senior teacher <laughs> status that was like worthless. And I, I was not really aware of it at the time. 
but I would look back and be like, so it, it is totally possible and probably true that I fucking did big dog you sometimes. <laughs> that I probably did make fun of you out of some need to like establish this stupid, useless dominance. It's probably true. Well, the thing is, I'm a person that's a big dog just going around. So it's probably- you're a large man. Is that what you mean? No, I just Your personality. My, my personality. I, you're an alpha. Yeah, I hate that because then people think that means I'm mean, but that's well, you're not mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I'm a total fucking alpha, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total fucking alpha. But yeah. so it like UCB would take me for a loop sometimes because I'm like, wait a second. No, How am I not? Yeah. How am I not on top? Why yeah. is Will Hines on top of me? This like he's a super beta. Look at this bald schmuck. He's alpha and I'm beta. That ain't right. This pot bellied fat man is a, I should be alpha over him. And then I said, I said, I'm going to get good at improv so I could become the alpha again. And, <laughs> and you so, did. So that's what happened. Yeah, you achieved dominance and then the place closed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm living. You know, what? you know, it's. I, my personality, what's fun about me is my personality is alpha, but all the specifics and details of my <laughs> life are total beta. Beta, yeah, that's yeah. good comedy. It is, it's inherent. That's why I think audiences like me instantly. It's because it's like, yeah, what the is underdog he is alpha. Yeah. yeah, he's like fat, he lives at home, he's poor, <laughs> he doesn't have any real skills. Why is he so confident? What the fuck is going on with this loser? <laughs> and I think inherently, that's why, um, Someone once asked me, they say, being fat, does that make comedy harder? I said, no. Yeah. It makes it only easier. Yeah. Because inherently the audience goes, I know what's wrong with you. I see your yeah. flaws instantly when you walk on stage. So yeah. now I'm not threatened by you. Yeah. Yeah, you're instantly in a low status spot. You're mm -hmm. instantly a fool. Like, we like fools. Yes. So, yeah, it is, it is, it is valuable. Oh, I could talk comedy with you all day. Well, well I, when I, did I, you, I got nothing else going on. What brought you into doing improv i was uh just, i was just adrift and lonely basically i was a computer programmer <laughs> in my 20s and i missed funny people yeah. my brothers were funny and my family was funny and my college friends were funny but then like in my 20s i was a programmer so everybody was kind of serious and sort of lame and quoting jay leno and just <laughs> just just kind of boring people like i just didn't like the conversations i missed creative people but i didn't have anything in my life that brought me around creative people. So I just started sniffing around comedy out of boredom. I had no aspirations, but I started doing stand up first briefly. I do, I would do like a lot of open mics. This is like forever ago, like 1997, 98 in New York City, like wandering around the open mic scene, not doing that well. And then I started taking improv classes just because I was sort of looking for anything to do that I thought I, I was writing essays to the village voice, humorous essays, hoping they would publish them. Never got anywhere with that. I did stand up at a lot of open mics, never really got anywhere with that. Took a couple improv classes and I just clicked with improv best. I just liked it best. And it happened to be that the UCB theater was new and doing classes. And so that was one of the places I stumbled into. And it was, uh, I just, I basically made friends with people in my level one class. So I stuck around with no real plans for it to be the rest of my life, but then it just ended up, you know, it was kind of sure. gradually became that. Uh, my question, mm. I feel this all the time and I don't want to put this feeling on you. Okay. Do you wish that you picked a different form of comedy to attack 110%? Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, okay. Me too. I don't know. I, if, if I had gone hard after stand up and not given up, I think I'd be a comedy writer now. Yeah. But I don't know. It's easy to say. <laughs> it's always easy to okay, say like, sad. <laughs> 
it got a yes. little sad for a moment, right? But, but I also I do think they all kind of feed each other in some way. They do feed especially each other, reading your sure. book. I think you like can deduce principles that could be applied into all different types of Thank things. Thank you, Robbie. See, you're helping us out. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna hold us together from getting too sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I could imagine an alternate universe where I'm a stand up. I mean, actually, I'll say this. I think improv was better for my emotional health, like not to keep bringing it back to my personal crisis. But I am after I did get sober, <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt happier. I felt like restarting and newly humble and just like, OK, yeah, I got to get over myself and start over. And like you're not in a bad way, like, Will, you're kind of starting over from the bottom. Re, re re-earn your identity yeah you know in a way that i i loved doing and i think in stand-up can encourage a lot of ego and a lot of narcissism doesn't have to be plenty of nice people do stand up but i think it can sure. encourage like me 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 dominate 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 that if i had had success in that realm i think it would have been bad for me and the only thing that saved me was improv encourages collaboration humbling yourself yes losing so i i think the seeds of my recovery were kind of built into that we're from improv so i I don't know career wise i wish yeah i wish i did stand up but i don't know maybe i'm happier now because i did improv i i used to fuck around and do drugs well i don't know if you know that i did Um, not know that yeah 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 probably um i don't know if it was one your class but like in college and stuff and like i my friends were no fuck they they were in trouble you know okay okay um and i cut all that shit out of my life do you want to talk about what kind of drugs are we doing not get into that we talking like cocaine stuff or like heroin opiate stuff opiate stuff Um, Yeah, yeah scary scary scarier i think very scary it actually makes i can't uh like thinking about it makes me feel horrible inside. Yeah. But I also have this idea of um like of that you're speaking to about like vulnerability and like I need to start over and like let me listen to other people. I was humbled yeah. by this idea of like uh, I understand people falling apart because I was what two mistakes away from that or something like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So there's an empathy to improv that there isn't in other- I think so. I think so. Like there's some got you gotta eat shit a lot and you kind of have to uh accept that you're not the star a lot in a way that can be really good so i actually sometimes think there's an alternate life that i led where i went into stand-up and crushed it i know i don't know why i think this and just became like financially successful in comedy very young but like Uh ruined my life sure and and in that alternate life I go and see an improv group and I'm like, they look happy. Why didn't I do that? And this life that I have now is the one where I did do that. And I am pretty happy. Like all my friends are improv people. I saw Neil Casey this morning. Casey and I had coffee this morning and I drove him and his wife and his son to the airport. And it was was just really nice chat. And I see friends all the time in LA who I love seeing. That's so beautiful. I don't know. That's not, not, you know, I do wish I had more career success, but like, that's not a bad one to have. No, like, for well, real. Like, you but know, you also, you're a comedian. You are, you work. You're on TV that's true. shows. Yeah, I do have to forget about that. Yeah. You fucking work. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say you don't have success because what am I? <laughs> what am I then? Right? <laughs> Will. But I see you as so much more talented than me. Not to compare and contrast. I have 100% faith that you will find whatever success you desire. 
That's so beautiful. I mean, you this know, is this year is fucking weird. Like this year doesn't count. Sure. Sure. I, you know what, Will? Can I sound like a psycho? I yeah. feel I think I, I will find some success somewhere, too. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. You should believe that. I think it would be psycho if you did it, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nice that you think that. Yeah, of course. I would quit if I didn't think that. Yeah. yeah. I guess I do, too. I guess I think that I will. Yes. I mean, I do have some success, but I, I also think that I'll keep finding some amount of it. Like, I do, I do believe that. I don't know in what form, and I think it won't always be the showiest, most, like, prestigious sort of success, but that, I don't really give a shit about that. Well, what makes us different? We have all these commonalities that we talk about. What makes us different? Yeah. You're a total fucking nerd, bro. <laughs> You're yeah. a total, total nerd. nerd. Yeah, yeah. You, you So literally, you do a podcast where you just talk about comic books. Yes, me and my also post-40-year-old brother just talk about comic books, yeah. And it is not popular. That Ooh. podcast, no one's listening to that podcast. Really? I shouldn't say nobody, but like within the realm of podcasts, it's like not that it's not that big. Interesting. But you and I have it plugged it on some big podcasts. I have been I've guessed it on like Comedy Bang Bang, which has uh-huh. a huge audience of nerds. Yes. <laughs> and I have promoted this comic book podcast on there and that has driven some of our audience to it. But like I feel like I have applied a white hot blowtorch of promotion to the metal of this podcast and the temperature has gone up like one degree. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so let's get to it. What's wrong with the pod? What's wrong with the pod? Well, well I, Kevin and I just talk to each other about our own just stuff we want to. We, we, don't, we don't really let people in too much. Okay. <laughs> so that's we're, 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 not, we're not really building it for success. We're building it for us to hang out. So oh, it, okay. it is successful in that fashion. It's successful for the goal that you want, which is to that's hang right. out with your brother. That's right. Yes, it is 100% successful in that regard. And you know what the point of this podcast is? No. To fucking make Robbie catch feelings for your boy right here. For me. You know? <laughs> That's a running <laughs> And it's successful. He sends me kissy faces nonstop over text. I get DMs late at night from the dude, you know? So, so it's working. It's working, yeah, Well, It's working. It's working. Yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to remember what we put our effort into when we when we when we measure ourselves. Yeah, he 100%. saw me as a student and was like, I'm going to make him fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked me to do his podcast. A hundred percent. As soon as the theater closed, I go, finally, I'll make my move. <laughs> he's wounded. He doesn't know what he's doing with his life. Yeah. He's weak. Now I'll pray. I mean, this I, is predatory behavior. I, well, no, because down the you open. weren't here, Will. <laughs> Well, you weren't here before you fucking signed on. I, I, Robbie, he turns on his computer screen and he runs up those stairs behind the fucking <laughs> bare ass, bro. Really? <laughs> yes, this is wild behavior. Wait, Robbie, I, did I ask you before the podcast started? I said, do you wear briefs? Because I saw your underwear. Is that true? <laughs> That's true. But I wasn't See, bare so ass. I had boxers yeah. on. I'll say this, Will. It, was a Sound, small- it sounds like you were kind of letting yourself be a little wild in front of Sebastian though. Yeah, I yes. guess. <laughs> yes. I mean, so you're sending, you're sending some kind of signal. You're running around in your briefs like yeah. some fraternity <laughs> boy in front of Sebastian. Yeah. Uh-huh. European cut, Well, It was a nice deep cut, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. That's a, that sends a message. It does. So this podcast is successful in that regard. Yeah. Your boy's so, getting feelings for you. I love that. Well, I would rather talk about comedy, to be honest. Let's just talk about comedy. I mean, I was going to talk about video games, but I feel like it'd be a letdown. It'd be so boring. I think. Fuck we that can... then. Yeah. Fuck okay. That. Well, so let's let's just fucking. This is it. Fuck it. This what's is your the... biggest. What's your biggest career success so far? 
Me? Sebastian. Yeah, you. Who else am I talking to? What do you mean, me? Yes. <laughs> me? What's my <laughs> biggest career success? Yeah. This is hard. I don't know. Maybe getting a couple of lines, being on a TV show for a couple of lines. But that's, yeah, that's a big success. But I'll tell you this, Will. I haven't been funny on television yet. Yeah, I have not been that funny. I've only a couple of times a little bit. I've done exposition mm-hmm. on TV, which is that's 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 fun too. Yeah. And I've been I guess a, I guess so. I don't think it's that fun. I'm not I'm not the person you want to sell exposition for. You know, I could barely read words. <laughs> so but you've been funny though, right? A couple times. Wrecked. Uh, yeah, Wrecked was pretty funny. Yeah, Wrecked was funny. Nobody really watched that show, but I, I was. It was a. It was a good time. Yeah, I. I think that Rex was a UCB party. There was like yes. tons of UCB people writing and acting on that show. That's really fun when that happens. I guess so. I guess in my mind, that's that would be my biggest success, having a couple of lines on TV. Oh, but in my mind, not even. I guess being a uh, a performer on ASCATs, getting on the ASCAT yeah, page. that's a big success for sure. Would be my biggest success because I. Well, this was comedy was the only thing I ever worked hard at. Mm, okay. And so I, when I get successes, I feel good about them. Yeah. I, um, this podcast uh, is a success. It is. You yeah. know what? It's the first. You're right, Robbie. Wait, ask me the question again, Will. <laughs> the question What's your again? biggest success? The motherfucking podcast, Will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, edit out everything else. We'll just start with that. We st- this is where we enter. I love this. Yeah. Hit the music, right? <laughs> I, I will say this. This is the first time I'm sharing my opinions with the world. Uh, on your on, career and stuff? No, on a platform. Like, like as an oh, improviser. In the podcast. Yes, 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 yes. You're always in a character. You're just like saying yes to the scene, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's interesting. And I, why I didn't continue, I did a little stand up, and why I didn't continue was because I was like, I don't know what I feel about life yet. I don't know yeah. what my opinions are. And I think it was like I was in rebuilding phase of my life. I was like, okay, I, yeah. I had to tear apart this whole fucking toxic Staten mm-hmm. Island's drug use fucking part of me and this right. partier and become like a new raw person. What do you think about Pete Davison? What do I think about him? I don't drug, understand. Drug use, Staten Island, huge, huge success, right? I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna end well. I don't. I can't see longevity. Mm-hmm. It's not in in his. I don't. I can't see that as his future. Not as a person, but as I can't see him aging well into that well. Yeah. I can see that. Um. I think. I, I think don't whatever. Get- whatever. I would not have predicted that he would be so big, but I miss. I misjudge that stuff all the time. Yes, and remember, and- Will said he thinks I'll be big, so let, let's just see misjudges. <laughs> yeah, all right. The I time. think you'll be big, so uh, you, that probably dooms you. You probably have no shot. Yeah, Fuck. yeah, you're you're over. Um, it when all when all the girls went crazy for Pete Davidson, that's when I was like, oh, he does have something that I'm just not seeing. So that'll probably keep going. Well, that's why I keep saying I'm hot. That's why yeah. I keep saying build I'm that, hot. build that. Yeah, I am 100% and building this this false narrative that I'm the hottest person in podcasts because I have this whole theory that in, in order to be a, a fucking comedian now, you need to be a smoke show. You need to like mm-hmm. it's half of comedy. A lot of attractive people doing comedy. It's weird. Yes. Taking their shirt should be, should be for the Uggos. I know this is the Uggos got to take back comedy. Uggos got to really take back <laughs> the freaks know. and the Uggos got to assert themselves. Brian Posehn, think about him. He would have never made it nowadays. Yeah. Brian Posehn would have been doomed. Doomed. He looks so- like a circus act. 
And you know what I mean? He couldn't make it. I think he wouldn't we... get an Amazon special. What's the thumbnail of Brian Poussein? He would look like a caged animal. <laughs> this is wild talk. Yeah. But that's why I keep saying I'm hot because there is, I think now with the internet, you do have to like take pictures of yourself and you do yeah. have to like make yourself. But confidence is confidence can do in place of like pure physical beauty. Yes. So, so I'm, which I don't have that either, but you, you can, you can work, you can fake that into your persona. I think I, I am, I am like putting Confident. forward this air of like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not insecure. It's partly real. It's partly real. It is partly real. I do yeah, think, yeah. uh, I think my energy is hot. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say my uh, body is uh, crushing it. <laughs> I'm crushing it in that department. Yeah, yeah. What's gonna happen to improv in New York? Is it gone now? You think it's gonna come back? What's happening? The squirrel is it over. Here's what I think. Yeah, go ahead. I, love I think this. improv is done for like the next, I don't know, five or six years. Not totally done. People will do it, but yes. it just like will not catch fire in any way. The UCB like peaked and sucked all of the improv thing. And now it's got, it's got to like, the ground has to refertilize and okay. all the attention is going to go to like, I don't know, Instagram comedians camp front facing camera characters, uh-huh. weird kind of more Chris Guthrie public access show, Brett Davis type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, where it's just kind of being a weird for weird sake a little bit. That's not quite a fair characterization of those things, but that aspect of those things and then in like five or six years, it'll raise up again in a surprising way. I, I could be wrong. Squirrel could could cut to the cut to that a bit earlier, but I think it'll be like it goes away, and then there'll be like a weird trio or quartet out of you know East Williamsburg. Yeah, that is got a weird show they do on. Thursday nights at some bar and that starts the fire again. Uh-huh. It's yeah, it's going to be something like underground. And they won't listen. They will be irreverent to the past. They won't give a fuck about UCB or any old school stuff. They'll just be good and they'll be partly problematic and partly funny and uh-huh. see this. Old people won't like it. Yeah. And it'll just like be hot. And they'll just pack the bar and they'll be like we should start a theater and that'll that's that's what'll happen. This is this is you think that building from something that was destroyed is always hard building yeah, with it's easier new- to just to be a new thing on its own. I mean, if the UCB kind of got the best of both worlds because they were building yes. on Chicago, but they didn't do it in Chicago. No, the people. And it was also before the Internet, like the Internet was booming that everyone would be like, I know Chicago uh, comedy. And now mm-hmm. we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of got like a fresh start here. Yep. I am at this place in my life. OK. I don't know if I want to be involved in a theater anymore. Sure. Maybe you're hurt, too. I th- Oof. <laughs> yeah, I probably am. You I probably. Your, your I family w- disintegrated around you. Why would you immediately jump into another family? I think I let UCB crumbles and I literally looked around me and I said, what do I have? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, you have more than that, but that's what you thought. A hundred percent. No, but you, it's not that far of a leap that you could think it instantly, you know, right? (laughs) I built so much at this place and it disappeared and now I have nothing. Yeah. So I I have the skills. So I think now in my head. Community, lots of friends. Of a hundred percent. I have friends. I I have connections. Huge. Yes. And career and emotionally, that's big. A hundred. I know what you mean. You know, I think like, I think a lot of people in New York when the UCB crumbled were really hurt, are really hurt. And 
really went through a cynical phase. Maybe you're still in it. Yeah, maybe. Been I don't a think... little hopeless. I don't know. But also the pandemic's doing that to everybody. Like lots of my friends out here in sunny L.A. are like, what the fuck is happening? I, th- I think it's not real to a lot of people yet. It's like we're in another dimension. It's pretty wild. Robbie, qu- say something quick. It's getting very depressing here. <laughs> yes. Spice it up, Robbie. Robbie, Help spice it up. Strip, whip off those pants, run up the stairs. Give us something. <laughs> go ahead, sex it I, up. Sex it up. We need something. If I'm going to go, if I'm going to be pantsless and go, uh, I have a stairs, I'd rather go up the stairs than go down. I think at, that's at an least, interesting opinion. Why do you think that? Because I think at least grab, like my muscles will be working to go up, lifting the ass up to show okay. off my cheeks. Going okay. down is just gravity. All sag. Work. All it's sag. Yeah. All drag. You, know? you want to go against gravity. Okay. I see that. A hundred percent. And this is something my I body has never looked good. I'd never look good naked. Even when I was like young and like I had a pot belly when I was in high school, like Ugh. I never had like a trim slim situation going on. I rarely walk around naked, but one time I was walking around. I, I like, I was like, I guess in college or something. My sister was home. I didn't realize. What and I just did you go to, I went to Manhattan college in Riverdale. Oh. Um, I went for engineering. Uh, and it's I like finale. What, what kind of engineering electrical. Woo-hoo, the hard one. No, I, I would I would say chemicals the hardest. Electricity is a close second. I think that's a yes. really. Di- you're not mechanical engineers. Sometimes those guys are idiots. Yeah, I, the civil they not just want to not always civil not always. They don't even engineer. Civil engineers are dummies. <laughs> no, they're construction workers. Let's just <laughs> yeah, get to the chase. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, but uh, so, electrical engineering that's for real. That's yes, real I math. Would, that's yeah, real. I, yeah. It was hard, and uh, I, I was doing. I couldn't juggle at all, so I dropped out. <laughs> Yeah. So I was in college, but I was home for some reason. I went on the treadmill and I got naked downstairs. And I was I was at the phase of my life. I was drinking out of gallon jugs of water. So okay. I walked up the stairs. I'm naked. And I didn't I didn't realize my sister was home. And okay. so I walk up the steps <laughs> and I'm naked. And she goes, smash it. I go, ah, and I put the fucking gallon jug in front of my dick. Yeah. And instead of hiding my dick, it was like a, a, a hall of mirrors. So it just molded my dick into a different weird shape. It like elongated my penis for my sister. You like smooshed it up against a pane of glass, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now you're a genius. You're a genius. <laughs> so Your now instincts- when I get naked, I just hold a, a jug in front of my dick. So everyone goes, interesting. <laughs> so, well, maybe you get a jug for your body. Maybe, <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll put a whole jug in front of my body and look great. Yeah. There's a reason why these rich millionaires have fish tanks all over their house. <laughs> it's to fucking mold their bodies as they're walking around. At any moment, they could whip their clothes up and just smoosh their naked bodies against the fish tank and just make it look interesting. You never know what they really look like. <laughs> I can't get, I've seen Elon Musk naked, but I can't get a good beat on it because he's always smooshing his body against a fish tank. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I've seen him naked plenty of times, but he smooshes his junk up against that fish tank and makes it all elongated. I don't even know what I'm looking at. So, right, yeah, this is the way to do it. So, this is the, this is the way, way to do it. Okay, let's go. Let's okay, go. I'll over. stop talking about, I'll stop talking about serious things. We can, we can get into other shit. No, I want, I want to get into this. Um, okay. Make a good improviser. What do you got to be? This is oh. this is the fuck it. We're talking improv comedy episode. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Good. Let's do it. Fuck this it. We're it. talking improv comedy, right? Uh, we'll each go. You, me, and Robbie will all go. We're all going to okay. say things we think we need. All right. So, I'll say I'll do the easy one. You got to listen. You have to empathetic listening. You have to listen and understand the intention of what they're going for. Beautiful. Instinctively, yes. you got to right away kind of have a sense over what they're going for. 
would that, that's not easy. So that I'll say that's something you need better listening. Yes. Active listening. Christina Gaussis. We're fucking straight up nerds right now. Christina Gaussis used to say this. she goes, uh, listening is not a uh, listening is not a talent. It's a skill and anyone could get good at a skill. So anyone could be a good improviser then. Uh, I think she's right. Also, I, I loved Christina's coaching and teaching. I took her workshops a couple of times and they were unbelievably good. And they were really different than everything else going on in New York at that time. So they were doubly good because they were good, period. Yes. And then also of a type that was pretty rare in the scene. So I'm going to go off of this Christina Gauss's talk, emotionally reacting. If you don't react, why should we believe anything is real if we're not pretending it's real? Okay, now let me push back a little bit. Okay. Not because I disagree, just because I want you to expand on it. What do you mean yes. emotional? I meant that uh, uh, you, whatever happens, you have to, in some degree, show that it affects you. Okay, yeah. Right? Okay, uh, okay, so okay. it doesn't even have to be a correct emotional response. People just can't be saying words and there is no, like we throw a football and just disappears in the air. Right? Right. We could throw a football and someone could throw up a garbage can to catch it in, uh, emotionally speaking, right? Or we could yeah. throw a football and someone could stab it. I don't care. There just has to be a consequences to an action. Right. I almost think like saying yes is good, saying no is good, but saying nothing is death. Like not reacting to something is the scene's over. Yes. It'd be better if you reacted with a straight hard denial than do nothing, I think. Uh, at least a denial, you'll get a, a, phil- a point of view or something out of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie? Right, Robbie, now you go. I guess, like, be confident and have fun. Like, fun confidence. Robbie, the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Robbie, <laughs> don't you dare embarrass Like, I just me. remember so many times being in classes and people would be afraid or I would be like, you're spending so much money and you're so deeply into this thing and they would be, like, so nervous or I don't know. Okay, okay. It wouldn't, it wouldn't like seem this. Be fun. confident, have fun. How could somebody put that into action? Let's say somebody's having trouble doing that. Okay. I guess you're having trouble having fun. They're having trouble being, they're taking class. They, they feel in their head or whatever. Like, wh- what do they do? I mean, like, I think it's good advice. This is, this like, is a good principle. Frame it for the whole world and be like, it doesn't really mean like I'm, ju- I'm paying to do these classes. And like, what is it mm-hmm. like? Get rid of the stakes, I guess, a little bit and be like, I'm here okay, to yeah. do this because I want to have fun and it should be fun. And this should be, like, that's the main goal. I think if you're doing this is to make people laugh and you laugh and everybody's having like a collaborative what- fun thing. What I, I like about like, that is it would make somebody think, well, what is fun about this for me? It would make them mm-hmm. check in with themselves. Like, not that there's not something, but just like, well, what is it? Do I want to play a character that's not me? Is that what's fun for me? Is reacting big fun for me? Is, like Sebastian would say, do I want to just bring up something I want to talk about so that my character, do I get joy out of that? Yeah. Whatever, I- whatever it is, like what, 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 what makes it fun? I would say this, if I was teaching a class and someone was like, I don't know how to have fun. I go, who's someone like, who's a friend that you like to do an impression of or make fun of in the moment or a family member? Why don't you play them in a scene? You know, I would try to bring them to a place where uh, like they could have fun outside of class and bring that into class. What might have like sparked them into like be like, oh, it's so funny when you make fun of, uh, of, of Bob when he does this thing. Oh, yeah, it is funny when I do that. Maybe I should take an improv class. Yeah, that is a good exercise. Yeah. When I had Sebastian um, as a teacher, he would make fun of me a lot. And I think that did break the ice, though, for a lot of the people, because we would like be making fun of each other and it would be fun. Like it would be fun as soon in as what fashion would he make fun of you? 
I don't know. He'd be like, oh, what are you wearing that shirt for? <laughs> like, oh, like no. I would wear a New York. I wore a New York or nowhere shirt one time. And he was like, oh, you're from Jersey, New York or nowhere. What is it? Like he would just whatever I would come in, he would just like. But it was funny. And he I would antagonize class, you a little bit. Yeah, but I invited it. I would also like play it. into it a little bit. Yeah. We also knew it. each other before. the Yeah, class. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I, was, so? uh, I would coach him for a little for a little bit. And, OK, OK. I uh, thought like, maybe there was like some social club of cartoon characters where you met, yeah. <laughs> where anybody had an exaggerated yeah. persona. Like, yeah, exactly. You two and Dan you Black and John yeah. Gabris are all walking around being oh. exaggerated versions yeah. of your respective geographic areas. Hey, that was, used to be called. Show. It used to be called Brooklyn, bro. And then all the fucking <laughs> losers moved there. Okay. Well, you're right. <laughs> it used to be called Brooklyn. You're like ten years old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> As if you like know another era than the current era. I was born in Brooklyn. Well, for till how till when? To what age? Uh, no, that I hate this. The follow up. <laughs> <laughs> I moved when I was one. Six months. You can walk around with the boys. Then these hipsters came in when I was eight months. All these hipsters moved in and ruined the joint. I'll tell you this. When I was a baby, I used to be able to go to pizzeria and no fucking gluten free. I'll tell you that. None of this fucking gluten free. Everything. No vegan. If they said you got vegan, they go get the fuck out of Brooklyn. When okay? I was a baby, I'd go to a pizzeria. And as they said gluten free, I shit myself. It was the only <laughs> former protest I had. <laughs> I let him know. This is bullshit. Um, <laughs> so you so, were one. Give me a break. You I moved think to Staten Island when you were one? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're from Staten Island. Yeah, I'm really from for, You're for real. You're real from you're real Staten Island. Yes, yes. I'm real Staten Island boy. I made fun of you in the class, Robbie, because I think it's, it's part of the teacher's job is to provide an energy in the room. Yeah, no, I think so, it was good. Uh, That's what I mean. It made it fun like, for everybody. Remind everyone, like, okay, I'm gonna take attendance. I'm gonna be a little bit, a little bit funny, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to remind everyone. Okay, this is our silly time. D it de it demystifies the class a little bit. Yes, it makes things a little disposable in a good way. And I think also people, when they're having fun, they're more if we're all laughing together. And if you you have to give them a hard note, sometimes it's fun to like be like, you did that. That was so bad. What was the um, best class or coaching situation you were ever in as a performer, each each of you? Like, when did you like feel that comfort you were trying to give other people? I'll answer. I'll answer it for me too. Okay, I think um, comfort. When did I? So as I was in the class, and when did someone make me feel like either oh. like as either being coached or being taught? When you were like, okay, I'm having fun. This is like this. I'm feeling it now. Maybe a Tamanik. Okay, yeah, I could see that because he was so. I don't fucking he was so free and like who cared? He was smoking weed in the back of the class. He would like right, 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 right. He would literally turn Anthony. he would turn out the lights, make us do a bat, which is improv in the dark, and all you would see was his vape pen lighting up in the back of the class. And I was like, this is total insanity. I can't do anything wrong because he's breaking actual rules of the school. Yeah. Love it. So, so like, what the fuck does an improv rule matter when he's literally smoking weed in a room that we shouldn't be allowed to even smoke anything? I love it. I love him. I love him too. <laughs> All right, Robbie. I guess there was a while when I was just like doing 401 in these advanced classes. And every Sunday I would, my buddy Devin, who I'm, I'm friends with today, Devin Ritchie. I don't know if you know Devin. And then my other Devin. friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just like me and two friends would do pretty much three prop every Sunday. And that was kind of when I started to figure out a lot like of stuff. A out. rehearsal room or a show? Just a coach. 
just like so yeah, in a rehearsal room. Well. So you're not saying that you're not saying the third member because you don't want. I know Devin was the coach, then. and then me, my buddy Billy, this guy Dan, we would do like three prop together, and it, it was okay. just kind of like that kept me in it because I was like, oh, I'm not taking a ton of classes. That was like when it started to get fun, I would say. And I was like, oh, this is fun. We're just hanging out. I would see my friend. It was more like, oh, I'm going to see my friends on Sunday. And now I'm friends with them to this day. Well, mine was uh, Armando Diaz. He taught my level three. Um, and I took, I ended up taking him five times. I took him oh, wow. two level threes, two sketch classes, and then two improv classes he did outside of UCB. So I took him six times because um, I just felt like, I felt a good balance of comfortable and confident, but also still like challenged on some things. Phenomenal but I felt like I was good when I was in his class. That's nice. I, to, I to, felt to, like the benefit of the doubt was in my favor. To feel good. When someone makes you feel good, it's nice. Yeah. So I, for years, I would always imagine that I was in Armando's class when I needed confidence doing improv. Like I just pretend you're in Armando's class and step out. That's, That's so nice. nice. Yeah. Question. When he started his own theater. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like he's really, he's really good at it. I've had him as a teacher. He's phenomenal. He's taught me some like very simple, important lessons. He was very, he was very simple. He had very mechanical, simple pieces of advice, not big philosophical things, but they really worked. Yeah. I remember once he said to me, he goes, Sebastian, you said something. I, I like said like, oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. Uh, I'm going to throw this in the pool if you don't do that. And then. Like people didn't like that. I was like, I'm going to throw you in the pool or something like that. And people didn't like that. I go, never mind. I won't throw you in the pool because the audience reacted. He's like, Sebastian, you said something. Just continue to say what you said. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. If I said something, don't like change my whole world because people didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like hateful towards anyone. It was just like a choice the audience didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's good. He was good at that. I, I really had a really had a, a good time. Um, do you have to be funny to do improv? Uh, well, well, I'll answer it. Go um, ahead. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. I say no. Improv comedy. I say no. Uh, that's insane. Uh, Robbie, what do you say? <laughs> How is I that? Where Robbie go? I I would like to see someone who's funny. Like if I'm going to, are there people who do improv that aren't necessarily funny? Maybe so, but I think the best people are funny. I, think I go see the shows and I'm like, wanna, yeah, it's funny. I have to defend myself on this, right? Yeah, I want to. It's not, you. You got the hot take. I think that if you're good at if you're good at playing reality, you're good at reacting honestly when an unusual thing comes along. Mm. You're good at moving, uh, like figuring out base reality, moving, progressing the scene forwards, not getting caught in arguments. You'll be a good improviser, and you'll end yeah. up being getting laughs from improv laughs rather than comedy laughs. I, yeah, that's a good argument. That's all true, but you can't have a team full of those people or it won't work. No, but there are, I think you can't have a, a team full of people that are like just funny either. No, that'll be bad. They have to have some fundamentals. Yes. So I say that sometimes it's good to have a, a person on your team that's like, oh, yeah, I, just I focused like on saying yes, just focus on yes. acting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of really great teams where there's a couple people who kind of fill that role. hundred percent. Where they're mostly there to just commit to the reality and stuff like that. They kind of give space. Yeah. So that you can rest and reset a little bit. That was not me. I remember I was in a, uh, <laughs> I was in a show and I did back to back for uh, like first beats and there was eight people uh, in the Herald and, and the teacher said to me, 
<laughs> they go that means that i was literally if you don't do improv that means i did back-to-back -back scenes and denied other people from performing in a class show so i could do extra improv and they go was they, nobody they, stepping the out teachers, no i was stepping out oh. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't like there was a big long pause and then you no. stepped out I oh, think someone edited bastard. the scene and I just stayed out there. <laughs> I didn't even think I stepped back. I think I said, this shit's mine. And the teacher goes, Sebastian, I know that you had a good first scene. I know you had a good first scene. But you, that doesn't mean you just get to have do the whole show, man. Earlier in this podcast, you're like, my teachers hated me. And now I'm beginning to see why. <laughs> I, mean, I was a monster. Kind of BS. Yeah. I, would, I would literally show up. I, I would get high before classes. Uh -huh. I would show up. I'll tell you the Eric Tanoy story. Uh, you're friends with Eric. He was my first like teacher. Oh yeah, and Eric would not like your play. I don't think. No, no. But <laughs> I, Eric and I were on a digital team. Then later, and we both find the other person very funny. Yeah. Uh, so we were doing scenes, and it was like, just be serious. Don't say anything weird. Okay. And so, uh, like, make it a little more dramatic is okay. one on one. So we're doing the scene, uh, yada yada. Uh, someone's <laughs> like, I'm so, so so yeah. Do you like I start yada yada? Who knows? So we're doing the serious scene, right? And um. It, someone's like, I'm so sorry. I heard about your father being sick. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's no good. <laughs> and they go, they go, oh, what's the matter with him? I go, he has cancer. And then I turn and I look at everyone in the class and I go, bowl cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And yet, and yet you are the one who's like, I don't think you have to be funny to do it, bro. <laughs> What would you know about it? You have no idea. I know. I literally, I, I'll stand by that move. I think that move would do well in an audience today. If you looked, if you broke the fourth wall and looked at them and said, ball cancer, <laughs> there was something inherently inside of me that was like, like it is funny for high, for something to be very serious, high stakes and someone's just undercut it completely. Yeah. And that's what I did instantly. And I understand why teachers might hate me. And Eric was like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, not well, ball cancer. It's not good improv fundamentals. No. But it is very funny. So I understand why teachers didn't like me. I was a mess. Yeah. Let's do another is... round of what we think makes a good improviser. Oh, go ahead, okay. Bobby. Oh, I was going to say, if someone isn't an improviser and they're still listening to this, what is something that you've learned, I guess, in improv that you like bring into your real life that you're like, ah, oh, this is a good thing to live by? Um, Does that make sense? But yeah, yes. yeah. You're asking me or Sebastian? Yeah, both. Of you I guys. could go first. Uh, I'll say. Th I'll oh, say. Well, well, I'll answer it. Yeah. I'll say the idea of uh, allowing yourself to be wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. It's like like listening to someone else's point of view and maybe accepting blame for things that you might be at fault at. I yeah. think that's always good in an improv scene if someone's like like, oh, uh, did you did you pour all the milk out on purpose? To just be like, yeah, I did. I'm sorry about that. Right? To take blame for something rather than create an argument. Yes. Uh, and that is something that a lot of things in life do not encourage. Like, I, there's yeah. so, so many things, especially on social no. media, that just encourage you to win, to mm -hmm. be the most dominant, to strike other things down, to zing other things, to... Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of encouragement from the world to dominate. So a very valuable skill is like, there's a lot to be gained just from submitting and being empathetic and bending to the other, even just, even just temporarily, even just for the sake of understanding. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar. I feel like, okay, I think a good thing from improv is like, 
if you don't have a joke, don't make it like play it real. Like, if you don't have a joke, don't make a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's like, great advice. <laughs> like just if you want to be funny, but you don't have anything funny to say, don't try to be funny. Like just be honest. Interesting. I'm at a point in my life where I do think Robbie brought this up that I'm like, let me make a joke. Let me try to take swings all the time. Uh huh. But I guess I do comedy before this. I was doing comedy nonstop. Yeah. So I, I guess my instincts are a little bit stronger than the average folk. I, I guess also, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Will kind of means more in real life. Not when you're recording a comedy podcast. I, I meant more real life. Yeah. Like in conversation <laughs> like when you're sitting around at Christmas was asking, and you don't have anything. What could you, what yeah. could you take outside of improv? It's oh, kind yeah, of like, yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. Here's the dumbest possible version of it. Somebody on the street asks you for directions. Uh huh. If you don't know where it is, just say you don't know. Don't take a guess. Yes. Don't be like, well, I, know. I think maybe go over here. It's like, no, you don't know. Just say you don't know. Like, be honest with yourself when you. When I you, like that. Like, be. this is a version of being willing to lose. But, like, be honest about your feelings that way. Like, yeah. Um, and and when you do, when somebody uses a word and you don't know it, go ahead and ask. That's don't be ashamed of that. Um, some some version of just like let your let your let what feels like a weakness be shown if that's where you're really at, kind of something like that. Performing with Zach Woods is hard because he uses big words. Uh, yes, and just also just like emotionally complicated concepts. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there because I'm always intimidated doing scenes with Zach and I'm fucking smart. Yes. But if I, I do a scene with Zach, I feel like an idiot. I feel like I move as, as slow as a glacier. I just, you saying like, don't be scared to say, what does that word mean? Right. Yeah. Like I, I got to do a couple shows with him. And before we went on, I said to him, I didn't know. This is the vibrato that I shouldn't have. I said to him, I go, don't you dare use any of those fucking big words out there. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare! I'm literally like a kid on the improv team that, like, he he was like a founding member. The, yeah, and like I, I it's his oh, first show. He was show not a founding member, but he was on very early. Yes, very early. and he's like an improv legend, yada yada. Yes. And I go up to him and I say, "Don't you dare do something!" <laughs> I love it. And he, at one point, he did use a big word, and I said, "I thought I fucking told you not to use words like." <laughs> and he said he did it on purpose just to get under my skin. <laughs> but I think it is good in improv uh, and just in life to like, if you don't know something, just admit it. It's a version of what you're saying. It's like, don't, don't, don't be afraid to show weakness if, if that's what you're feeling. Not quite weakness, but like vulnerability. When you feel this urge to like put up your walls and like puff mm -hmm. out your chest and like fight back, that might mean you're going wrong. Yeah. A lot. Something like that is what I would learn. It's hard. It's hard because the world is so fucking hard, Will. So, like, we yeah. have to protect ourselves. And I think as an artist, our job is to allow things to affect us and share it with people. And it's hard not to be defensive. And I, so that's why I think artists are hurt and sad a lot of the times is because yeah. we let things affect us and it's our job to share that with people. Go ahead, Will. What are you going to say on that? I feel like conversationally sometimes, especially if you're hanging out with, like, your buddies and everyone's having a good time. Uh -huh. Sometimes there'll be like a little thing where everyone's trying to top each other, like with a joke yeah. or with yeah, a yeah. down or something. And it's in meant in good fun or whatever. Like sometimes it's good to like, just, just don't feel like you have to participate in that. Like just be the one who laughs at other people's jokes. Sometimes you don't have to top it. You can just appreciate 
the other thing. Like you can just go, that was funny. <laughs> Instead of responding with your own funny thing. Like being the audience is sometimes a good thing. That's what somebody needs. Yeah, that I agree. Nice. I think in doing improv and comedy stuff too, you it's easier to do that. To like sit to the side, be like, all right, I could be funny. I'm not self-conscious of if I'm funny or if I could have a personality. So I could just sit and listen to everyone else. I don't have to be always on with every single person that I'm always with trying to win the room. This is my very highbrow uh, anecdote of this. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Marx Brothers. I used to watch all the Marx Brothers movies. Okay. That lines and, up. That lines and then I read, up. yep, sort of <laughs> smarty pants, highbrow thing. And I read their autobiographies. Groucho and Harpo each wrote an autobiography. Uh-huh. So Harpo's, he talks about how this is, Famously, he got like he was part of the Algonquin round table, which was like at the Algonquin Hotel near Grand Central where all the New Yorker writers would hang out and get drunk like Dorothy Parker and Robert Benchley and S.J. Perlman. They would all just sort of hang out. All my favorites. All your favorite people. You know everyone I'm talking about and you can quote them. Thank you. We bring them up every episode. Well, you know, yeah. in, in an episode, unless we bring up Harvey After Bunkle. Luke Gonzalez, they're coming on the podcast next. What was the fake name you just said? I said Harvey Bunkle. Harvey Buckle. Harvey Buckle's my favorite writer, okay? The wits. The wits between the words is what I live for, okay? Harvey Buckle? He's he's at the the round table. Harpo also was like a mime in, you know, he was not like a quick-witted, like verbose dude. I mean, he could speak, but he wasn't like a big talker. So he would just sit there silently and like hang out with everybody. And, um, and in his autobiography, he was like, I like, I, they needed somebody just to listen and just laugh and like react to them. Like nobody else was listening sometimes just somebody who's taking in the whole table and reacting. He's like, that was kind of my job was just to enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's a good role to play sometimes. Believe it or not. I'm kind of quiet with my family and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I do find that hard to believe. Yeah, I, I'm like uh, my mom would call me shy, and I, I like assess situations, and then I'll be loud. Uh huh. Like I need to read, like figure out a room, and then I'll be oh. like, okay, now I know how how to. Oh, Sounds like a sociopath. And Robbie, Robbie with his family is this loud mouth that like, won't <laughs> shut up, and he's like yes. dominating everybody and bulldozing everybody. He's like, you shut up, you shut up. I now it's Robbie the turkey time. This year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, hey, Dad, not why don't you shove really. this up your ass? No, yeah. I'm talking. <laughs> Maybe well, with my friends I'm... a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're think... probably the loud one with your friends. Yeah. I think something that I learned, I'm going to say mine now, too. I think under like re- learning to have to like find the justification or root behavior of what somebody's doing in life, you could help contextualize what everyone else is kind of going through. So like doing that in improv and then you're like, I don't know. You just kind of start doing that. I feel like in real life and you're like, that person may not be as bad or as the, like you kind of just start doing that more in real life. I don't know. How I found that empathy, like understanding. Yeah, I guess the yeah. of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, yeah. What's the root behavior? What's the unusual thing? What's the justification of that? And it's maybe not as bad when you like actually get down to what, like, Oh, they're really mad that you parked weird next to them and they're getting all angry. And it's like, oh, Sometimes why I is you like to imagine? Yeah. If somebody's doing something that annoys me or just stands out as very strange, uh-huh. I sometimes try to imagine their childhood. I'm like, what are they reacting to? 
this of course might not be the reason why, but like, mm-hmm. let's say somebody is like walking around, like there's a, there's a guy on my street where I live in LA who like yells at you if you park badly. He'll yeah. like come across like, this your car? You're like, you should park a little further back. And I'm, and I'm being like, what the fuck, who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Who yeah. appointed you the referee of like yeah. parking on this street? Oh my you know? God. Maybe, but like, like putting him in an improv scene, then you maybe understand like what, what or even understanding his what happened as a child for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Child or just in his history, like what might be causing this? Maybe like, he who, was raised by the DMV. Maybe he was exactly <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> hey, you were a kid. You were a kid when you were raised by the DMV. By the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. Well, oh. I'm actually so happy we just fucking did comedy. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, I, I, video oh, games. You mean as a subject? Yeah, because we were going to yes. talk about video games. Yeah, yeah, me too. Fuck it. It's more personal. This is nice. And I haven't really talked about comedy too much. I like to keep that live separate from the audience. Yeah, yeah. You Which like is weird. Get... Yeah. Um, but it is nice to talk about comedy. And I literally wouldn't want to do it with anyone else than literally the person that, like, Probably kept me sticking around at UCB. Oh, I'm so glad if that's true. I take that and as a big compliment. It's 100% true, Will. They're oh. literally, I, I, no teacher. I always credit you as the teacher at UCB that kept me there. I love it. Oh, I love that story. Thank you. So you, everyone has Will Hines to blame for this fucking mess <laughs> of a man that does comedy now. Will, do you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Can I plug a couple things? Yes, plug, plug away. We'll tag in everything you want. All right, so I do this podcast called I Will Write Your Book. It's improvised, where I invite people on to do characters. Sebastian, you should come do it sometime. Please, I love. Um, and I, I, I was inspired because I, I do comedy bang bang sometimes, and mm-hmm. that's an improvised show, and I have so much fun doing that that I wanted a place where I could do improv stuff more often. So yeah. I Will Write Your Book. Um, it's great. I, I love that podcast. Uh, I, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I have a... Um, Improv book that I wrote called How to Be the Greatest Improviser on Earth. So if you are if you are still listening, by God, you are somebody who would probably enjoy this book. Definitely. <laughs> you buy it. You can buy it on a little mom and pop store called Amazon. Beautiful. Um, Bezos status. That's what we're Bezos, talking. Bezos, baby. Keep that guy afloat. Yeah. He needs your help. Uh, and then um, the last thing I want to promote is I have an album I did with a friend of mine. Me and my friend Joel Spence made a band called Wayne and Rodney, and we did an album called Turn It Up. We released it in uh, July, um, and it was just for fun. He's very musical, and I just am audacious. I'm not necessarily that musical, but I like writing songs. So we did an album, and if you want to hear a couple of middle-aged dudes really feeling themselves, uh, check out our album, Turn It Up. I love it. Like, it's like 90s, 90s pop is what it kind of sounds like in that world-ish. If you follow Will on social media, uh, we'll tag him and everything. Uh, you could see uh, he posts the songs on social media, some of them. Yeah, yeah. So follow me on Instagram, Willie B. Hines. And the Willie, B- w- Willie B. That Hines, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good when, when you say your Instagram handle and then I just uh, say it incorrectly, right? That yeah, helps I think that helps. Get followers, yeah. right? Just confuse people, right? Yeah. Robbie, what do you want to plug? Uh, we're good. I don't need to plug anything. I'll plug Will. <laughs> oh, that's good, Robbie. He's a pro. He's a this fucking pro. Book. That's Will's oh, book. It, Get yeah, Will's book you, now. Listen I to fucking right Will's here. podcast. 
All right, all these fucking thotties out there, all these smoke shows that listen to podcasts, thank you so much for listening. Uh, fucking follow us, you know, fucking make sure that you share everything that we're going on. Rate five stars, you know, write a review. Remember, we're still at war with showbiz, okay? So fucking we're coming at you, showbiz. You can't fucking hide from us. All right, bro? All right, bro, Robbie, hit the fucking music. <laughs>